And I haven't even started my barbarian rant against Kyle yet, so we'll see how long this goes. <laughs> I'm doomed, everybody. <laughs> Streamers, welcome into a very special edition of Streamer Season, the first try box of Streamer Season. If you're watching on YouTube, which you should be, uh, the exclusive streaming platform, TV and movie podcast on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. We got the whole squad on tonight. Mm-hmm. It's KB, it's Dylan, and it's the man, the myth, the legend, has it, the Wiz himself. Uh, Christian, baby, let's go. Uh, you guys can see the rundown below me and next to Christian that way cameras are hard. Uh, so you'll see, you see what we're talking about tonight and or episode 11, the penultimate episode. And we're going to be talking about barbarian, the movie that is sweeping the internet (laughs) for what reason? I don't fucking know, but we'll figure it <laughs> <Fuck> out. <you. laughs> everyone be prepared for everyone be prepared for the USP Civil War here. <laughs> and then we'll get into the streaming platform multiverse news and notes brought to you by our homies over at Pickup. But before we get started, uh, make sure you guys are following us. I guess for the next week or so on Twitter uh, at streamer SZN. We're also on Instagram at streamer SZN. Uh, make sure you follow Dylan at Dylan Mazzola. Follow Christian at the Wiz underscore PHI. Follow me at KBIZZL311. Uh, subscribe to the podcast feed, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. That's where you get to hear our voices each and every week talking about shows and movies that you guys know that we love or hate or in between. That's what we're here for. Uh, Apple Podcast, Spotify. Leave those five star ratings and reviews. Dylan, say the line. <laughs> do, do the thing. Do the thing. Uh, no, the line is in those reviews, in those comments across all the platforms. Please leave Kyle and I recommendations on what you want us to watch next. Hooray! It can be a TV show, it can be a movie, it can be on any of the services because accumulatively we have them all. So help us out and we'll help you out. To be Pluto TV, <laughs> yeah, free form. Uh, all a man of it. has a point. It could be anything. It can be anything. Uh, and of course, Me subscribe anywhere all at once. Precisely. Uh, and subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel. That's where you get full video episodes of Streamer Season each and every week. Smash that like button. Ring the bell icon. Comment down below your thoughts on everything we're talking about on tonight's show. Uh, and of course, be a friend, tell a friend, Thanksgiving right around the corner, pull out your phones right before you feast, 
and tell everybody go into the YouTube's youtube.com slash at underground sports Philadelphia and subscribe subscribe to the YouTube channel uh, and also before we started recording uh, we'll put it in the show notes and in the YouTube description we're on letterbox now because Christian was like dude we need to be on fucking letterbox and I was like you're we- fucking right we must become part of the film and media community at large. We're so meta. Uh, we are the Senate. <laughs> That's why it's a very it. good impression. <laughs> we are the Senate. Oh, Jaja Binks. Oh, <laughs> and Dylan's done. Oh, what's wrong? Bubble freak, Kyle. Bubble freak. I have a great faith in the boy. Annie, Annie. <laughs> this is already off the rails. Uh, our letterbox will be in the description as well, uh, oh, where we'll be updating everything with all the movies and shows that are available to leave our ratings that we have in a fancy uh, Google Sheets uh, page mm-hmm. that Dylan and I update every week and every time we have to put a show in. First time we're going to have a triple review as well. Uh, which is going to be sick. I don't know how that's going to skew yes, scores. Harrison. How long can I keep this going? Let's <laughs> let, let's see. Uh, so check us out on Letterboxd. And of course, uh, shout out to our sponsor, who is uh, presenting our Andor Breakdown. It's our friends at Kenwood Beer. Dylan's favorite beers. He uh, you know, travels on all the various ships in the Star Wars universe uh, as a passenger. Because Dylan's not flying ships under the influence i am a terrified uh, passenger princess <laughs> princess <Star> leia <laughs> passenger princess leia it's wheel of fortune before and after um go to kenwoodbeer.com this holiday season and all year round uh use that all new and improved kenny tracker to see who's got kenwood beer on tap in the philadelphia area it's the official beer of underground sports philadelphia they're going to be partnering up with us for our phillies opening night tailgate parking lot podcast happening on april 8th 2023 uh so shout out to kenwood beer it is the official beer of the underground you got to be 21 or older to use that kenny tracker and of course please drank responsibly but it is andor episode 11 daughter of ferrix tony gilroy back in the fold christian i'm sure you were hyped to see that uh and benjamin Caron also on board with this episode they will also be in charge of the finale and uh marva dies marva dies unfortunately uh prompting a funeral ceremony on ferrix which is where the daughters of ferrix come and eric voss from new rock stars gave probably the most accurate uh description of who the daughters of ferrix are it's it's a little morbid but it makes sense they are like a combination of like meals on wheels meets hospice in the Star Wars universe because they come through, take care of everything and get everything, uh, you know, all settled after somebody passes away. I was like, wow, it's an accurate description. It's a little yeah. dark, but it's that's, an accurate description. That's very accurate. At first, well, well, when I was watching at work, I thought like they were like some kind of resistance group. And I was like, hell yeah, keep fighting the good fight. And I was like, oh no, they're probably just moving her dead corpse. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm, that makes more sense. I'm, I mean, Underneath all the pomp and, pomp and circumstance, Star Wars is pretty dark. So, it, I mean, it, the Empire's kind of made, 
is kind of based on the Nazis, so, you know, it's it's really dark outside the TIE Fighters and the X-Wings and the lightsabers and all that jazz. Yeah, the lightsabers really illuminate the darkness. Mm, Yes. Don't forget the sand. (laughs) It's coarse and it gets everywhere. (laughs) Dylan loves the sand. (laughs) Uh, So then... Uh, also, you ever on vacation to Tatooine? World's worst vacation for me personally. <laughs> the galaxy's worst vacation, for- waiting for you. <laughs> and I, I think we, to destroy this podcast. <laughs> we we finally got to see B two emo actually be emo. Um, he was being edgy, dude. He was very edgy, very angsty. Um. I mean, it's a great droid name, and he had every right to be upset because Homeboy's a little old, and he couldn't even be the pallbearer uh, for Marva. So that was a little upsetting. Um, Carrying the bricks, yes. Yeah, watching a new and improved droid do his job. Priceless. Uh, Which Miro encourages in the hopes of rooting out rebel activity in the area. Vel informs Clea uh, about Marva's death and learns of Mon's reluctant plan to marry off her daughter to secure funding through skull done mon's daughter leda begins taking part in group gatherings related to uh chandrillian culture and traditions a new trend on coruscant much to the distress of mon and vel karn also learns about the funeral from mosque and makes plans to find andor himself saul guerrera welcome to the fir- welcome to the fold buddy uh, on it's about damn time uh, he decides that at the last moment to assist Krieger's attack on Spellhouse, but is advised against it by Luthen, citing that, was- that the ISB know about the impending assault. I very much enjoy the dialogue of him. Like I, I, I viewed it as looping. Like he couldn't. Well, obviously, he didn't want to make the choice himself. I, I feel like it was eating at him, so he basically just went to Saul and was like, "Yo, you want to ruin everything and save like twenty dudes? You can do that." Or we can let them die and have our super, super, super secret cool man on the inside stay secret and cool and hidden. And it looks like it's going to go with option B. (laughs) They they let two great actors just cook. And I'm like, yep, yep. Just just let Skarsgård give speeches. Let, Let Whitaker give dramatic dialogue. I'm in. Keep keep it coming, True. keep it coming. Even though we have one more episode, just keep keep it coming. You know, keep it coming. <laughs> it's like that funny clip whenever uh, anybody on Twitter like it's like a duo doing something like incredible, and then they just post the Shaq and Kobe highlights. <laughs> That's true, exactly though. what I mean, this was. Really good actors. I feel like I feel like in general the stars guards are just freaking taking over Hollywood right now. They're all they're all pumping out. They're taking over this episode of the podcast. Yeah, they're all, yeah they're all pumping out their own A list. Stellan. Bill, uh, Alex Skarsgård is in succession and is thriving, and they're in the Northmen. And Peter Skarsgård was in the Batman. Yes, uh, I was yeah. Um, no, but which, I, 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 which I, we never reviewed that, did we? <laughs> we gave like quick hitters on it while it was still in theaters. Yeah, I think, we, I, think I, I gave my review about it, kind of, sort of. I think. Okay, I. 
all I remember was there being the paper. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> all, all I remember was there being a running joke about reviewing the Batman. Yeah, we so. gave not we gave a non spoiler review. Ah, that has happened a bunch of times. There's a couple projects. If you go back, someone could easily call out Kyle and I because there's been a couple of things. The card there. counter is one of like, those movies. We'll cover oh, it, and then we just never cover it. Daddy Oscar Isaac. Daddy, we stand by that. I actually have his poster over there on the wall, so we stand by Oscar. We stand. I don't actually have his poster on the wall, but if I did, he probably probably would say Daddy Oscar as he's on it. While returning to Coruscant, Luthen escapes from an Imperial patrol, destroying several Tie fighters. Dude, Uh, wild. Von Baron over here, man. He's 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 killing it. Man was fucking Red Baron Snoopy out in this bitch. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't think you got tractor beams either. I thought right? we, all, we all were in agreement that that was like a Star Wars thing. That once you got tractor beamed, it's like it's like the tire spikes on the car chase. Yes. Uh huh. Not so fast, my friend. <laughs> but, apparently, but wait, yeah. there's more. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Cassian and prisoner uh, Ruscott Melshi managed to hitch a ride off Narkina Five and Narkina's Dewey and Freedy. I love these dudes, the fisherman aliens. Yeah, they were fucking great. Out. One guy was creeping me out. He wasn't saying much. He was just kind of standing there. He's like, <laughs> just kind of standing there like the half slinging slasher, bro. <laughs> That's incredible. I, I just like their appearance because not that it's a bad thing, but like Andor has been heavily human and there hasn't been a lot of like aliens or anything or any droid a lot of droids or anything so like i like the which is fine yeah it's fine like it's it's uh, dylan and i have brought this up a ton and i think we brought it up uh when you were on a f- for the beginning of andor christian like it's strays from the path of traditional star wars and, and that's, that's why a cool it's thing. being so like heavily loved like i was pulling up the season on imdb like no episode has gotten below a seven and like the episodes like when you look at the ratings they just shot up and that's that, that's no surprise because the show gets better and i think it's just so different yeah 100 percent. i just like seeing some aliens again it was fun and they were fun yeah. some fun comedic relief yeah, um the cap for them and then they're like nah, they, it's okay <laughs> speaking Let's of the hash go. slinging slasher it was like he launched those nets like the episode of spongebob where they go to the moon Oh yeah, yeah. SpongeBob, the aliens would like a word with you. Uh, (laughs) So they're traveling to Niamos to recover Cassian's belongings, and after Cassian discovers Marva has passed away, Cassian and Melshi part ways, intending to publicly expose the Empire's unjust prison system. I like that guy, the uh, the other the other dude who escaped prison. He's a he's a cool. Yeah, he was cool. One of the only ones to live, too. Everyone else got got. <laughs> they done got got. Uh, this episode... My poor Andy Circus. Well, he's not He's not dead. For all we know, this is canonically what happened, right? Because this is before everything else that we saw that we call a trilogy. The new ones. So I feel like Palpy probably saw him, right? Question. You saw nothing in those films. He questioned him, and he was like, hey, you got leadership skills. I like the fact that you led a revolution, and you overthrew my terrible, terrible guards. Bada bing, bada boom, Emperor Snow. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to throw you in the test tube. That's what we saw in the one season of The Mandalorian, all the Snoke clones. They're all just Andy Circus. My precious Emperor. My precious Emperor. 
<laughs> I just love Andy Circus, man. We yeah, talked yeah. about it last week. Like he's he's like in our Hall of Fame. He's got a wild ass career too. Definitely should be. Both of those things are right. It's almost like I think it's a TikTok thing or it's a video thing where it's like the duality of man, and that I think there's not a there's like no actor that's more fitting to that to describe than that because he's done it all: voice acting, like acting, and in terms of like become, becoming a gorilla and or an ape for like Planet of the Apes. You know what I mean? Like getting on all fours and saying dialogue and making noises while you know what I mean. Being and then becoming a butler. Right? Yeah, kind of butler. <laughs> Directed both Venom movies. Like, yeah, he's in a lot, dude. He's I, in a lot. Did he direct the first one? I think so. I he definitely think... did the second one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, first Venom film. Nope, that was directed by Ruben Fleischer. Fair. Either way, he's done it all. He's acted, voice acted, directed. Good guy. He's yeah. an absolute legend. Uh, also did A Christmas Carol, 2019. Um, but I, th- I thought this was like a very, you know, it's fitting that it didn't feel like a penultimate episode and I'm, it was uh, the calm before the storm. Yeah. Like, and usually you can kind of feel with like a lot of the Disney plus series, whether it's star Wars, Marvel, whatever it may be, you can kind of feel that it's the penultimate episode. This one didn't like feel like a penultimate episode. Like it felt like there was still so much more to unpack, which I didn't hate. It, it, I, I Go 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 ahead, yeah. Dylan. I, I was just gonna say it's kind of hard. Like the One Way Out was one of the better episodes of like yes. streaming television I've watched in a while. So yeah. this this episode just unfortunately had to follow that, and unfortunately yeah. this is a penultimate, so it's just kind of like an awkward situation. Although I do I do think it does a good job of setting up the fact that the mom is basically like insert <laughs> Michael Jordan quote fuck these kids, <laughs> and then I also like the fact that like. Uh, you know, like everything's coming together. Like we're sacrificing people for the rebellion. The mom is thinking about going to good. sacrifice her daughter, essentially. So I think it's this is all about sacrifices. You know, like the mom dying, the daughter being sacrificed, etc. Like it was, it was very much a setup episode. Yeah. It yeah. was, it was used to get Cassian back, back to Ferrix. It was. It w- it was used to get our homeboy from the first few few episodes back into the loop and get him probably back on Ferrix. It was used to set up where where the rebellion will leave us at the end of this final episode. It was it it was it was a it was a setup episode that wasn't a that wasn't a donut, which is a very strong achievement. And that really says something about the people who are behind this and how like, it's very much not form formulaic, like, like 90% of what gets put out on Disney plus and stuff. Like you, you don't exactly know where this is going. Like, mm-hmm. like you, you, you know where you'll be. <laughs> you know ab- Rogue One's gonna happen eventually. Yeah, like that, 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 that is the end of season two. Yeah, we we know where this ultimately ends up, but but we don't know what's gonna happen with Cassian. We don't totally know what's gonna happen with a bunch of these characters. We don't even know what's gonna go on with season two, which is starting production soon, by the way. Um, which we'll probably t- touch on that later. But but it's all. 
setting us up for a climactic moment that will probably end in a nice tasty cliffhanger next week and so it's just like okay yes these people know what they're doing we need more stuff like this out of you disney please and i think it's i think it's different too with this show in particular because it is the longest uh episode like runtime like it's 12 episodes for this season and there was already a season two like confirmed before the show even debuted so it's like when you're watching episode 11 of season one you know you you still know you have 13 episodes of this show as a whole to go yes and 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 the great part and the great part about it is like it's it's 11 episodes that have mattered fully and wholly. And that's because, like, you have had, like, world-class talent behind the show. Case in point, Tony Tony Gilroy, who has made what some people think is one of the best, like, he, Michael Clayton was in an all-time Oscar year in 2006. In the films of 2007, and some people consider it like one of the 50 best films this century. And so you have the guy who wrote that and wrote the Bourne movies doing this and being the guiding force behind that. Whereas on so many of these other shows, especially Marvel, it's like you're bringing in the up and coming talent, cool, but we need more guiding on those shows. Like it, it, they're, these shows feel like they need more purpose and or has that purpose. It it has that feeling. And so, Kevin, if you're listening, which I doubt you are, but if you're listening. You never know. Are we talking the robot Kevin from She-Hulk or actual Kevin? Hi, Kevin. Kevin, are you in the algorithm listening to us? Hello? Hello, anyone home? Uh, but uh, it's it it's just like invest in established talent. Like like you had Edgar Wright there to do an Ant Man film, and then you had creative differences, and then you let James Gunn do James Gunn stuff, and we saw how much people have loved that. It's like let let in more established artists to do their things, and I think Ty- the. Not to cut you off, I think the cool thing with Star Wars, too, like, and we've seen it with The Mandalorian, we've seen it in parts of Obi-Wan Kenobi and parts of the Book of Boba Fett, it's the way that I feel, and I think Dylan can agree with me here, the way Star Wars is kind of going right now, they're so gun-shy about creating more movies right now, that they're just ready to throw the bag at any series that they can on Disney+, Plus because one, they have the platform to do it. But two, they have the name Star Wars behind them to be like, hey, we're going to do a show, so we're going to recruit as much, you know, incredible talent, whether it's, you know, people that have been in in Andor, or you go and get, like, the one-off people, like fucking Thundercat or Bill Burr, to be in Star Wars. Yeah, I think it's... Because they also, with how things shaked out with the recent movies... They have to get away from Skywalker. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I was going to say, go away from Skywalker. And there's just so much to explore. 
So, like, I think a show is the best way to explore stuff rather than a movie where you're looking at an hour and 30 on the shorter side to, like, three hours if it's a long boy. But, like, you're not going to fully encompass like that. It's going to come off as, like, weird because imagine, like, you know, this story being explained in, like, a two-hour movie. It wouldn't, it wouldn't you, do it justice. You, the episodes have all built up different things. Like, the heist episode alone was, like, an hour. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's, like it wouldn't work and i i hope i hope it stays this way going forward because there are other things that we could explore like if you know star wars if you're a nerd like we could easily i've been saying this before kyle and they're kind of hinting at it i think they are filming it or making a game out of it there we could go back way many years ago when there was a bunch of jedi and sith and you could literally have like a game of thrones lord of the rings style-esque vibe of just a full-on war between people's lightsabers. I think everyone who likes Star Wars would probably like that. Um, but there's so much more content rather than just sand, sand, Skywalker, sand, droid, partner, sand, Skywalker, funny accent, alien guy. We can we can go more than that, folks. <laughs> yeah, like we've seen the successes of them, you know, going away from that with the Mandalorian, now with yeah. Andor. Like, you can exp- It's a galaxy far far away not just a small pocket far far away a family far far away no but (laughs) it's it's another reason we haven't gotten star wars movies is like they've just been stuck in development hell like like uh uh patty jenkins who i don't want to litigate the disaster that was wonder woman 1984 but uh it's uh Rogue Rogue Squadron was originally supposed to come out this year mm-hmm. uh, at Christmas. Uh, it's it's been delayed so many times. It it's like, gone. They're not doing it anymore. Yeah, well, it, well, it's it's no longer on the schedule, which is a mighty concern. And they like never got to write a script. And then we still have a Taika Star Wars film coming from somewhere that we have no clue what it's about, and it's like. Honestly, if they never made another Star Wars film, I think we'd be fine. Well, we we talked about it last week in News and Notes. They pulled um, an untitled Star Wars movie, and now in the fold, which I'm excited about just because of name alone, there's a new one on the docket, and Sean Levy is in charge of it, which I'm cool with. I mean, so... Yes and no for that, because if I remember Sean Levy correct, he is like Duffer Brothers' right hand man from Stranger Things. And yes, he's doing Deadpool three. See, Stranger Things. Yes, the part where I have the concern is, uh, this is the guy who has become, uh, who was basically, uh, the Ben Stiller and Ryan Reynolds avatar. And now we're like Star Wars. I'm like, I don't know where this is going. I need to see a trailer before I even commit to this, because this could, because this could either be Stranger Things good, or it could just be oh fun night at the museum type of thing. So it's like I don't know because he's like so, like he he has two very clear poles, and I wanted to be closer to the Stranger Things pole, but I don't know, and that's why I'm like. I'm going to wait and see on this. That's I'm why not... I'm holding out hope, because if it is, you know, what we hope, a galaxy far, far away, 
If there's somebody that can explore... Give me a Star Wars horror movie. Do it. Right. Cowards. Do it. Dylan and I have talked about that for Rated a year and a half. Star Wars movie. Do it. Like, <laughs> if there's somebody that I would have faith in being able to pull something like that off in the Stranger Things space, it's Sean Lee. Yeah. It's literally so easy to make a Star Wars horror film. Like... Literally the easiest idea, probably, and this would sell. I would watch the shit out of this movie. It's just like create like a cast. I don't know, like of young monsters, monsters, whatever, monsters being being chased by the Empire. Okay, cool. Now, who's really scary and has a lightsaber and is menacing? If they do like the shadowing and camera work, pick a card. You need card. I don't know Emperor Palpatine. Like, wow, crazy. I don't know all the bounty hunters they can hire. Just give us an Order sixty six short film. Darth Maul is back. That's what I need. I need a Darth Maul movie. Yeah, because you know, Episode One is not a Darth Maul movie at all. It's 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 a Darth Maul cameo. Yes, <laughs> it's a Darth Maul cameo, my friend. I need Darth Maul with his spider legs from Clone Wars. You could even do like the horror of being. Give me General Grievous. Ge- General Grievous, Jedi bounty hunter. The horror of being a janitor on the Death Star when it blows up. I don't know. Like, <laughs> no, no, no. Right. We 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 need we need we need the office, but on the Death Star. That that's actually not bad. <laughs> I don't hate that. We should write that. Um, <laughs> but with that being said, uh, Dylan, I'll start with you. Your score for Andor Episode Eleven: Daughter of Ferrix. Screaming at me. It's not elite like some of the other ones, but it's not bad. I give it like an eight out of ten. I think it's a solid score. I think it shows you that I like it. But you know, it's it is setting up, so it is a little slower pace. And obviously, it's meant to be like that on purpose. And just following up that awesome episode last week, eight out of ten. Christian, what you got for me? So, it is it is very solid. Not much happens, but it's very, but it's, but it's very solid, and it's going to, and it's setting up for what's bound to be an explosive at least forty minutes to God knows how long finale. So, seven. 7.5 somewhere around there like it's 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 nothing truly stands out but it's such high quality table setting that it's better than a six yeah but it's not quite an eight i'm gonna give it a seven eight um agreeing with what christian said like not much happens but then at the same time a lot still happens um i, I still think there's just a lot of questions that need to be answered in yeah. next week's finale I think uh, heading into well. season two, which I'm sure they'll answer a lot of them and they'll leave some, you know, open to interpretation that'll probably get answered in season two. Um, but like you said, Dylan, like last week's episode, was it? Yeah. One way out was last week. Like that's arguably like best episode of the season. You just can't like, you can't top um, an episode where an actor like Andy Serkis literally embodies like the human spirit and lets everyone like, you know, come together. And it's just, you can't, it's just not gonna, nothing's gonna top that. Like, yeah, I'm going to give it a seven, eight. Dylan gives it an eight. Christian gives it a seven. So for the quick math people at home, uh, we're dividing this by by three. three. That's a seven, Seven, six. Yeah. Out of ten, still enough. very solid right, score. Right, I think we all agree that's right around where it is. That's it works. Yeah, out. very solid score there. 
uh, for our first triple score ever given on this podcast. And now we get set for Chaos. our first triple score movie on this podcast. <laughs> I, can't this. I can't wait for this. It is Barbarian. Uh, I'm done. Christian, when I sent him our movie list that we curated, Dylan, for what we were going to do, being that we don't have a lot of week-to-week shows uh, until 2023 after Andor ends, he said, if you're going to do Don't Worry Darling, you have to do Barbarian. And I said, deal. Um, I did read the little, like, Google write-up before I watched this, uh, just to, like, understand what I'm getting into. Let it be clear, everybody. Nope. The the write-up that Google provides does not match a single fucking thing. It does that not this give this movie, movie provides. justice. And this is for Bill Stalsgard's character. This well, Dylan, Dylan, we'll we'll get into that. This is a movie you you want to go into as blind as a bat because you just have to let this wash over you because it is absolutely insane. Now I think one of I saved my reaction to when it happened because uh, I I sent it to a couple of people I was talking to that I was watching this movie last night. Me, uh, yeah, I literally like live texted Christian Dill. Yes. So I was about forty minutes into the movie. This is no spoilers. And to quote Kyle, <laughs> I said I'm about forty minutes in, and Christian said forty three minute mark is the craziest plot twist you'll ever see. And it's not quite a plot twist as much as it's a plot shift. Right. And I'm sitting there watching. And then out of the fucking <laughs> clouds, as I described this uh, this character to Christian, okay, okay. the big titty zombie. <laughs> Demonetized. Absolutely shell shocks me. And I... I'm gonna read the text verbatim here, but 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 I see. Seriously, that's not the plot shift I was referring to. I was referring to this absolute tonal batshit, just and long tonal shift. Like what happened here? Yeah, <laughs> like, that, that didn't happen just yet when I sent this. Yeah, uh, but Christian said, "I said I'm like 40 minutes in, and I hate this movie already." Laughing emojis, and he said, "Good or bad hate." The turn at 43 minutes is one of the most left-field things you will ever see, but it works. Laughing emoji. I'm typing, I say, just like dumb tropey hate. I'm at the part where Keith got his fucking head smashed. What the fuck did I just witness? <laughs> All caps. And then we have Justin Long driving down the California coast yeah, singing to the radio. The most hardcore just like, <laughs> I was just like, what the fuck is going on? 600 uh, per U-turn just... <laughs> now this movie uh Wait, it's let's... been it's been making waves like just on my social circles like people talking about it so i was like all right i'll give it a shot well quick quick S- spoiler alert spoiler alert we yeah, will be talking right. about this film yes. in depth i will be talking about this film in depth a lot about the themes and stuff if you haven't seen this movie yet, I suggest you see the movie. Kyle may disagree. Dylan, give it a shot. <laughs> see this movie, then come back to here 
and you will hear us talk in depth about themes and stuff and about why Kyle hates it and why Dylan potentially likes it. And you'll enjoy the discussion more. Okay. Yes. Kyle. Uh, now, I will say, I enjoyed the character Tess Marshall a lot. I thought she did a lot of carrying. She was she was very, very good. Georgina Campbell, who yes. is in one of the most, if not the most famous black, well, in one of the most famous Black Mirror episodes, Kill the DJ, which is the <laughs> one, which is the one about the uh about the dating software to find you a mate for life essentially and yeah. that's and, and she's in that in broad church which is this de- i just de- want to say i drama. knew nothing about this movie going into yeah. it so christian's right that did help although also if you're listening still you've seen the movie and you, you guys can both agree it starts off like kind of slowish because like, I knew I knew there was gonna be a monster because they kind of hint that in the trailer. It, but like, because I I didn't watch the trailer. I watched like ten seconds in the trailer, but the only ten seconds I caught was like there's something lurking or whatever. And I'm like, okay, I'm on to you, director. And I know you casted the fucking my I, I Christian. I hate clowns, so I know you casted my arch. Enemy. <laughs> I, was like, I, was like, I know he's just in here as a decoy. He's, they're gonna make him seem creepy because of the situation, but he's probably a sweetheart. And he had but, a he had a very pro feminist book in his uh, yeah. suitcase, by the way. Jane Jane Eyre was it? Yeah, I was yeah. watching it with the girl I'm talking to, and she's like, "Oh my god, he's a feminist villain." Which which and I'm which, like, good. which good for him? He's uh, no longer with us. Which, <laughs> which 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 guys? Guess what Jane Eyre Jane Eyre is about? What a woman. Uh, a uh, a a woman's husband married another person, and she's living in the attic. And they believe there's a ghost in the house. So, with, so with with so with what we'll explain is going on in this movie. Uh, yeah, and also let's quickly talk about who's directing this movie. Zach Greger, who uh is if you guys didn't know do you know something called the whitest kids you know oh yeah 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 i forgot about that <laughs> yeah. so weird. you basically have a guy with a sketch like like a sketch comedy background doing a semi-satirical horror film hey comedy and horror like this though yes and and Full full disclosure, I'm more of a scream comedy horror type of guy, but but this is more of a societal comedy type of thing. But yeah, I either way, Kyle, please rein us back in here. <laughs> yeah, so you got Georgina Campbell, Bill Skarsgård, Justin Long, who I mentioned to the fellas before we started recording. I could only hear him talking in his character from F is for Family, which if you haven't watched that show, do yourself a favor and just sit on sit on netflix this weekend and enjoy f is for family it's one of the funniest shows ever uh and it's very relatable shout out to bill burr um i mean <laughs> i didn't even expect it like like dylan did i went in very bare bones like did not expect this to be like a horror movie i had no fucking idea what was 
coming out of that dark abyss tunnel. I was like, is this whole this, movie about a chick that just can't get her Airbnb right? Right. Like, this, that sucks. I'm not even going to lie. That's pretty terrifying in itself. But I was like, what's going to happen? Also, this, I have one question. Do we know what happened to Marcus? <laughs> uh, is Marcus the person calling? Yeah, in the very beginning. So, so Okay, so so that's one of the reasons this film is great. Is it, is it basically like gives you information but it doesn't tell you everything so basically some people have posited that have posited that uh posited that a test was leaving a toxic relationship and that's why she was going on this job that's what i figured in, in, in interview which in the scope of this film makes sense but there's these but Krigger cr- 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 smartly leaves like little spots where like he gives you a lot of information in a bunch of these places, but he doesn't give you everything. Also, I'm laughing that this movie premiered at San Diego Comic-Con. <laughs> that <laughs> feels like it does not fit there at all. Um, so, yeah, we have uh, coming into town for a job interview. Tess Marshall books a remote house in the rundown Brightmoor neighborhood of Detroit. Which I, I gotta which, tell DJ about this movie. <laughs> which, 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 guys, at at night, the neighborhood doesn't look bad. No, like it looks like a just like a typical, like, you know, typical suburban neighborhood. Yes. Sunrise, it's a shithole. Jesus. It's a shithole. Shithole is an understatement. Another house yeah. inhabited besides. Well, see, street, like. You can't even call it a ghetto. It's worse than a ghetto. It, it looked like a neighborhood of castle buyers. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, so upon arriving, burned down houses. And yeah, shit. it was gross. Upon arriving at the house, Tess finds out that the place has been double booked uh, and is already occupied by a young man named Keith Toshko, uh, which is Bill Skarsgård's character. Initially unnerved by Keith, Tess warms up to him and decides to stay the night. The next morning, Keith leaves for the day, and Tess goes uh, to her interview. The woman interviewing her sternly warns her that she should not be staying in that area of the Airbnb. Uh, she returns to the house and is chased inside by a homeless man yelling that she must leave. That shit was like my first inkling of, co- like, okay, what the fuck am I watching right now? <laughs> Something's not right here. I said, mm. who the fuck is this guy? No, let, let's let's be clear. The first inkling of something being wrong uh, is when she wakes up in the night to like a clicking sound and the door's wide fucking open and yeah. Keith is asleep on the couch and you're like, like, like uh, something's not right here. Like, like, and, and it's shot super creepily. It's yeah. shot super creepily during that whole thing, especially with that hallway where and there's so many shots. Just... Realize that Keith is not the one doing it because it makes up until then it makes him seem weird and rightfully so. But then you realize, like, because she walks up to Keith and he's like literally dead ass sleeping, like not not fake sleeping, like we all know what that looks like. And he was genuinely sleeping slash Man, having a nightmare. Zonked. And that's when she's like, "Wow, I'm the asshole. I woke this poor guy up from a fucking nightmare." He's like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> Me. What the... <laughs> I want to know where he goes though, because he didn't have. He... I, I didn't see his car there. Right. Does it don't matter? Seeing that. But well, but see, not... but 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 see, just like with Marcus, it's like, hmm. What's 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 the deal here? You know, like how did he get there? 
Did he did, did he take an Uber from the airport? <laughs> we know the cops didn't bring him. Uh, <laughs> uh, we'll get to that later. To be there. Uh, so she returns the homeless man yelling that she must leave. She ventures into the basement and gets locked downstairs and stumbles upon a hidden corridor. Which, which the reveal of that is brilliant because she's like looking for a thing to try and deal with the window, and she finds this. She finds the string and she's pulling it, and the door opens. And you see this dark ass hallway, like, like this is a movie that will make you scared of dark hallways and staircases. Facts. <laughs> uh, yeah, hundred percent. And let me see here. So yeah, there Tess finds a room with a camcorder, a stained mattress, and a bloody handprint. Uh, cue, <laughs> cue, cue the drums. <laughs> if you know, you know. Uh. Tess backtracks and tries to leave, but is still locked in the basement. Keith arrives and frees her. Tells uh, or Tess tells Keith that uh, what she has seen, and he goes into the basement to investigate. What he does when he doesn't return, uh, Tess returns downstairs and discovers that a hidden corridor she had initially found leads to a subterranean tunnel, uh, where she hears Keith screaming for help. She enters the tunnel to find an injured Keith, claiming that he had been bitten by something. Uh, and this is where I was texting Christian. What the fuck did I just witness? Because the pair are attacked by a naked, deformed woman who brutally kills Keith. Who, who is who? Who is gigantic? A and and uh, and and B. Kyle, did did you change to all caps mid sentence as yes. that happened? Okay. Yes. Okay. I I just wanted to check on that. Considering how you started in lowercase and then it was just all caps, and I was like, "Huh, <laughs> dude, she um, that lady should should have she's 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 big, she's scary, <laughs> she, she's she's scurry, scurry. She uh, could play for the WNBA though. <laughs> she 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 she's country strong. <laughs> she's built for tough. Um." So yeah, we get we get naked titty zombie lady, uh, and then <laughs> and then it just like it cuts and it feels like we're watching a completely different movie for a while uh, because sometime later, actor AJ Gilbride, played by Justin Long, uh, learns he has been fired from his television series due to rape allegations made by a co-star. Uh, pressured to sell his assets to pay for legal costs, AJ travels to a rental property he owns in Detroit. The same house that three. Tess and Keith rented. Which 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 for the first like ten to fifteen minutes of this whole Justin Long, you're like, how in the Sam Hill does this tie in? Yes. Yeah. Because it's, no idea. it's such a left field shift how how you from broken down Detroit to sunny coastal California and a guy cruising down the coastal highway singing whatever song and talking on the phone and then we're back in Detroit. <laughs> yeah, that part was very confusing to me. I was like, what the fuck is happening right now? Um same. I was like, what is I was like, is did, did the movie break? Like what is happening? Um <laughs> did I misclick. So Miss then <laughs> it's the same house and when I found when they said it was the same house, I was like, oh, for the love of Christ. Um AJ inspects the house and eventually discovers the hidden tunnel. The deformed woman attacks him and he falls into a pit alongside Tess. And I said, geez, 
we're, we're doing this. I said, we're doing this. Um, and then we go to a flashback to the 1980s shows the house's original owner, Frank, who abducted uh, women and held them captive in the tunnel. He would use the hidden room to videotape himself raping them, then rape the subsequent children. What a scumbag. This is why uh, anybody that is not an adult should not be watching this movie. And I'm referencing allegedly uh, kids in schools that my parents or that my mom tutors these kids are saying that kids are watching this movie in school. Don't fucking watch this movie. What are you? What are you fucking doing? Get a grip. Go go watch. Go watch the new Disney Pixar movie that's coming out next week or in two weeks, whenever it is. Go watch Lightyear. Go watch. Go watch The Mandalorian. Like, there's no reason that children should have access to something like this. But I digress. Uh, that part was just gross, and I got the ick from that part a lot. It was ugh. Uh, and then in the present, Tess explains that the woman referred to as the mother, sure, whatever, she's, she's long titty zombie lady, uh, wants to act as her chill, wants them to act as her children when AJ refuses to drink milk from a bottle offered by the mother. One hair on that bottle, bro, this is grossing me out. (laughs) She drags him away and forces him to breastfeed. Tess escapes and the mother pursues her, allowing AJ to make his own escape. He discovers a decrepit Frank living further in the tunnel, initially believing Frank to be another victim of the mother. AJ assures Frank that the police will come to investigate, and while AJ discovers the tapes, Frank discreetly retrieves a hidden revolver and kills himself. That man looked disgusting. (laughs) Dude, that shit was nuts. So, so... I I I want to circle back on something here. So originally, instead of the breastfeeding thing, uh, one thing Zach Greger wanted to do, but he was scared if he had it in the script, Justin Long wouldn't want wouldn't want to do the film. Uh, that it was basically instead of instead of the mother breastfeeding him, uh, it was her forcing him to eat a rat. And so, oh, that would have been unearthed. Uh, and 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 so after Justin Long came on, uh, Zachary was like, "Hey, do you want to? Just an idea. Do you want to film this?" And Justin Long was like, "Yeah." It didn't end up in the final cut. They opted to stick with stick with the breastfeeding thing, but that's just like that is disturbing. <laughs> Yeah, I'm glad they went with the uh, hairy breastfeeding milk bottle instead of the rat. <laughs> but nonetheless, both would both. I mean, the one's unsettling, but the one you describe would be fucking really gross to watch. So I'm glad they didn't do that. But it was just interesting watching his character refuse to do it. <laughs> like this tall, yeah. crazy titties out, this nutty zombie-looking zombie titty lady, as Kyle said. Oh, you just gotta, you just gotta suck on the milk for a little bit, like, bro. Come on, common, common sense here. Common yeah, sense. Them titties jumps was... in there and kind of stands like um, the primitive SpongeBob and Patrick, like, 
<laughs> them titties was long, bro. She gets like angry, rightfully so. <laughs> also, all, guys, let, let's let let let's quickly talk about how she's like seven foot tall, right? <laughs> I said, man, she's about to go to a tip off with Joel Embiid real quick. Uh, <laughs> before we continue, though, uh, our barbarian review is brought to you by our amazing merch partners, PHI Apparel Company. Uh, they provide unique designs and high-quality clothing for the great fans of Philly and, of course, all of our podcasts here at Underground Sports Philadelphia. With their original designs for all, there's no doubt you'll stand out in the crowd. Guys, Black Friday and Cyber Monday are right around the corner. Get a jump start on your shopping. Get the best gosh darn merch in town. And I'm pretty sure by the time you guys are listening to this, all of our podcast logo merch will be available uh, for purchase that's just the beginning. We got some dope shit coming for Cyber Monday, Black Friday, uh, and our listeners can use promo code UNDERGROUND for 10% off any apparel when you shop online at phiapparel.co. That's phiapparel.co, and use code UNDERGROUND for 10% off any apparel when you shop with our awesome merch partners. Um, yeah, the, the whole mother thing was like, threw me off i was like all right what the what the fuck did christian just trope me into watching here <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then uh aj flees with the gun that frank used to kill himself while the mother leaves the house to find tess tess escapes the house by breaking a basement window she eventually reaches a gas station as it and she's able to call the police uh those cops sucked the officers are dismissive of her story but she convinces them to go back to the house with her and the police refused to investigate the house before being called away, attributing Tess's story uh, and behavior to drug use. Those cops should be fired. Stereotypical. Stereotyping. They racial were, profiling. Wee. They were beyond stereotypical. Like, those were, like, worst of the worst. Like, they weren't even trying. It's like They were, like, cosplaying as cops. They were like, listen, ma'am, I don't want to have to do my job. I just finished my last donut over here, so that trip to Faint is kicking in. Good luck. <laughs> We're going to go over here. This call we're actually going on, it's not a call. My buddy just accidentally pressed the radio to make you think we're leaving. Good day. <laughs> yeah. They, Bye. Good they, time. they were They were the worst. Uh, and after breaking into the house to retrieve her keys, Tess runs her car into the mother, seemingly killing her. She returns to the basement to rescue AJ, but he accidentally shoots her, you dumb, big idiot. Uh, the two escape the house and find the shelter with Andre, the homeless man who had chased her oh, earlier. Oh, bro. Dude, that... I was so mad. This, this part, I was so mad. Uh, Andre explains that the mother is a product of multi-generational incest by Frank. The mother ambushes the group and kills Andre before chasing Tess and AJ up a water tower. AJ pushes Tess off the tower in an attempt to save himself, and the mother jumps after Tess, shielding her from the fall. As AJ attempts to rationalize his actions to Tess, the mother awakens and kills him. The mother tries to comfort Tess and wants to take her back to the house, but she reluctantly shoots and kills the mother and stumbles away as the sun rises. And then with 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 the absolutely hilarious music cue, yes, j just j just like absolutely cues on like a what what, what was it, like a nineteen 
like 1960s 1950s pop song <laughs> yeah and i i texted christian this too i don't know if you noticed dylan the credits font was just the stranger things font i did not notice that that's awesome uh and it was even funnier that it was in red uh but then that that is the movie um what is the movie that is the movie that is the movie um Christian, the floor is yours. This was your recommendation, and uh, no, I, 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 we need to start with you, and then I'll bounce off of it. Okay, be, be, be here for the show, baby. I'm just here. Done, done, done. Right? Did, did, did you like this movie? So, I'll go. Yeah. So basically. I liked it more than Kyle. I, I didn't love yes. it, like, but my score, sure. it's, it's my score is over a six. If that gives you any. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, like full, f- full disclosure. I have it. At, I have it as I have it as like, I have it as like a seven out of 10, like, like, like good, but not totally great. There, but Kyle it, here, Kyle would, here. We'll save Kyle's score for last. Cause it's going to be crazy. Yeah. My score would be six at 6.5. Probably yeah. where I'm sitting at. So I need Kyle to go here to 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 explain to me why he hates this film, and we can go from there because I, I have the literally film club. No, I literally have I I literally have two and a half pages of notes I took during this film. Damn. So so Kyle, please please My please. Man, got spark notes ready for you, boy. You better guess. You must it was your A game. So if you know me, which. We obviously have not discussed many, uh, <laughs> many movies, films of this magnitude on this podcast. It's only the third movie we've done in 2022. First horror film, too, really, right? Yes. Do we count Doctor Strange if you guys did that? I would count that in like Marvel's first horror film. Mm, okay. But I also think the Werewolf by Night Halloween special is more horror than doctor strange but i digress um i'm not the biggest horror fan i think it's very tropey a lot of the times i agree with christian scream is a a fantastic movie um but like a lot of horror movies are just like they don't do it for me like they they don't get me up out of my seat um a lot of them are very predictable and a lot of them are very like you can kind of pinpoint when things are going to happen but this movie is not predictable. Granted, this movie's <laughs> furthest thing from predictable. Um, but it was it was very like cheesy in a lot of aspects to me. Um, che- che- cheesy how? Cheesy and just like presentation. Like it was just like you could tell it was like meh. I don't even know like how to like full like it just it was like. Cheesy's like the word I would use to. Did it? Did it look cheesy in in term in terms of in terms of like these sets and the way it was filmed? No, like the the sets and everything wasn't cheesy. It was. I guess it was more like the delivery from a lot of the characters, like script wise, was uh, so, kind of cheesy. Okay. Um, and I mean Justin Long is just cheesy. Like well, that, so that, that's, that's, that's his that's, that's his high school that's superlative. Thing, though, dude, that's Justin Long acting. He's just a goof. He's a goober. That's just and like I can't take him seriously in 
uh, a movie where he's actually there. <laughs> but see, here's here's the thing with this, and and did this this movie has a it's it talks about a bunch of things, but it doesn't hit you over over the head with them. It 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 briefly touches during the second flashback on things like white flight and like people and and basically like how how the neighborhood was going to hell even though it looks perfectly fine you know right and but it's also a movie about basically men being about like toxic men and men not and men not and men not having hubris where whereas where as women are like very careful always always looking always looking over their shoulder in always looking over their shoulder in the world in 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 the world today so 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 basically justin long is playing is is playing basically a parody of a absolute a absolute douchebag hollywood r- r- rapist who basically like, doesn't care about anything doesn't really pay attention to his don't doesn't pay attention to doesn't pay attention to his surrounding doesn't care doesn't really pay attention to the justifying right and 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 that's meant to and that's meant to directly oppose the georgina campbell character who is everything he isn't right and i think the other thing that like just threw me off was the flipping of the script moment like not like big giant titty lady coming out of darkness, <laughs> but long going from what felt like what the movie was going to be and then flipping to what felt like a completely different movie and then those worlds colliding. Sure, like, you lost me a little bit there when that all happened. Which, which I can understand, but the thing with it is... If you don't have that Justin Long part, if you don't have that part where it where it's just like him at the bar with the friend, and he's like clearly like, and and, it, and he's like she needed some convincing, you know? It's 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 basically like setting up how he's an absolute shit heel, ev ev everything, and if like. Justin Long just shows up and we don't have any of that lead up and it's like, oh, this is the guy who this is the guy who runs the house. It is nowhere near as much power. It's it's it it does not add the depth to 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 the movie if yeah, if you don't have the tonal switch. Yet yes, it's jarring, but it's meant to be like a complete juxtaposition his character does make sense at least for the point how he's so self-absorbent and lives in hollywood that he doesn't know what the hell's going on with the property because it's a shit show outside of the property like the whole street is so crappy he, so that, he, I, I at least like that part you know like he has no idea he just knows it's a paycheck you know what i mean like if he owns rental properties that just happens to be one like, of the ones he owns like this this dude sees 
sees tunnels and stairs and goes, ooh, more square footage for me to sell the house for. And just doesn't care about the stained bed, the the bloody handprint and all this stuff. And it's like, what? Like, like it's, it's so comically how he's just so self-absorbed with himself. He... He just ignores everything that's like warning sign, warning sign, warning sign, warning sign. Yeah, well, I don't know. Do. Like, like I, I, these types of movies are just not my thing yeah. either. So, like, that adds to it. Like, for reference, everybody out there, I've mentioned it a number of times. My favorite movie of all time is Inception. Like, that's my number one movie. Which, 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 which I'll listen. As much as I love Inception, I feel like there's better films you could have as your favorite film. That's fair, <laughs> but it's my favorite movie. I'm not saying it's the best yeah. movie. It's my yeah. favorite movie. Yeah, pretty much. No, no. That is the whole premise of this. That's going to be the title of this episode. It, it, Kyle's it, opinions are shit. Presented it, by Christian Wisniewski. It, it is a very populist opinion. It's 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 bland and populist, but I'm not going to call it a bad opinion. I'm just going to call it bland and populist. See, it, a lot of people that I tell that to, they're like, "I've never even seen Inception." Damn, well, I saw it in the fucking theater, and I was blown away. I saw it in the theater actually. Fun story, and the theater like the, there was a problem with it, so I had to go back and see it later that day. See, 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 see. I see that. See, Kyle. For me, going back, going back to one point, I love Tenet. I love Tenet, and I argue with so many people. They're like, Tenet is bad. I'm like, no, Tenet's great. <laughs> yeah, I never saw Tenet. Tenet's a movie that people don't like because they can't fathom it. People don't like. I've had this. Christian would agree with this. Then Kyle. Maybe that's why I don't like this movie because I can't <laughs> fathom a giant titty monster lady running out of a basement and bashing somebody's saying, brain see, in. No, no, this movie. Is People don't hard. like to think. This movie is not hard to follow. A movie like Tenet is kind of hard to follow, and I was just saying, people, I feel like stereotypically usually don't like movies they have to use their brain on too much. That's just, I think that's how the average populace is. I'm not saying this, I don't think this is that. This is pretty straightforward. It gives you enough information that you can make context clues, like the whole theme, like how the three men characters are like different degrees of like shitbags. Like you obviously have the dude, the incestuous dude who is doing unspeakable acts. He's pure evil. He's like Satan. You have Justin's long character who's presumably raped one woman, which is disgusting and self-absorbed. Um, but it's interesting. I bring it up because when he sees the other character, he's like disgusted. Like he's on a high horse himself, but he's Hollywood trash. And then Bill Stasgard's character is made to believe there might be something wrong with him. You just don't know him long enough to pick it up because he does give creepy vibes. But it's also done by it's also done on purpose. So it's different degrees. So I like that. It's just uh that's the that's the one aspect that stuck out to me after I was done watching it. I, I liked that and I just liked um well, actually, I didn't like them. Well, I like the monster. I wish we got more, more of the monster. Yeah. Like, like this, this, this is a movie with a lot of complexity, but it's also a monster movie that's not concerned with the monster. But at the same time, the monster really isn't the monster of the movie. No, the lead monster of the movie is is Justin Long and Frank. Those, those are the real monsters of, of. The movie because the 
monster. Although the woman did kill that poor homeless man. But like the 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 real monster, like the the monster in this movie is a victim is a victim. Oh yeah, of service. Like 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 she she was basically raised to fear men, and that's why she basically she ends up killing all three men. And with Georgina Campbell's, I want to know what she's thinking all this time. Did she like run down to Detroit, Rock City, and like grab people? She grabs little Caesars. <laughs> and because it's deep, because it's the city, people are probably just like, "Yo, anyone see that like cracked out tall lady?" <laughs> yeah, I didn't see her. <laughs> cracked out seven foot. Yeah, uh, and I think you know. With a lot of the movies I watch too, I enjoy a rewatchability factor in a lot of them and being able to go back and re-explore uh, movies. This is not, in my opinion, at least, this is not a rewatchable movie. Like, so, so I do think it is rewatchable. It's just not something I will like be re-watching like I would re-watch plenty of other films. Like Yeah, I would say like 87% of people, and I'm being generous, are not going to re-watch this movie if they watch it. I would disagree with that number, but I would say like at least half aren't going to we'll re-watch it. Like, we'll say like 60% won't re-watch Sure, yeah. But, but, but then again, like how many people actually re-watch movies they see? I personally don't like rewatching some movies. Like one of my favorite films, and it sucks that it's gotten so mainstream, is American Psycho. And I've only watched it like two times because I don't ever want, I don't want to watch it again. Like it takes the takes the fun of the film away. Like see, batshit crazy when you watch it for the first time. See, probably my favorite example of this is so I saw Parasite when it originally but I, but came I won't out. Watch the film again, though, I do agree with Kyle on that. I saw Parasite originally when it came out, was blown away. Went to a theater to see it again, kind of had diminished power, and I went one more time, and I'm like, I, 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 I should have just stopped at the second time. So it's like, there's, there's very much a diminishing returns when you watch it so close, which is why many people, it's like, watch a film once or twice, then don't touch it for a year or two. Mm-hmm. But, you know... It's it's a film that's definitely going to get rewatched. Is it going to get rewatched like like uh like like a scream or like a Evil Dead Two? Which uh, Kyle, uh, if you don't if you because you didn't like this film, never watch a Evil Dead film. <laughs> Evil Dead, Evil Dead Part Two, Army of Darkness. Don't watch them. Be because they're basically like wacko horror comedies and it's like yeah that's it's the, the, like like it's it's very off kilter kind of like the, this film so i would just tell you now avoid those films <laughs> just some quick breaking news not to deter from the pod but obviously our barbarian review is brought to you by our awesome merch partners our merch is live woohoo so go it's get important. your merch phiapparel.co all the podcast logos are available on t-shirts right now they should be on hoodies in the near future 
and we should have hats as well. But you can get the Underground Sports Philadelphia logo, streamer season logo, top bins, OTB, and the getting the whole brotherly love, uh, you know, love park logo that they have all on your t-shirts. Go get it. Code Underground 10% off. Um, yeah, I mean, I agree. Like, there's movies that I don't want to watch again that are great movies, but then there's also ones that are, like, you know, incredible, you know, to watch time and time again. Great, great, uh, well, great movies you never want to rewatch. Requiem for a Dream. <laughs> yeah. Dylan, you have Dylan, have you seen that? Mm-hmm. That last half hour is like the most unsettling stuff I have ever watched. I'm like, I I I have no desire to watch this film yeah, anytime I'm again soon. I'll set yeah, that like I'll like bench. like it is unbelievably depressing. Agreed. Full heart. And, and it's just like score plus music. You're like, I can't take this. Agreed. Like it, it's it's horror. It's horrific. But yeah, uh, the floor is yours, Christian. Talk to the people. You got the poster behind you. No free ads, but you got the poster behind you. Hello, uh, I work in the movie theater. Hi. Um, But this year has been a banner year for horror movies. Like there, there is, there has just been so many in in interesting, compelling films that have come out that. That warrant your attention. Nope. X. Pearl. Bodies. 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 Smile. Scream. Five. Men. Hellraiser. Watcher. Resurrection. A a bunch of these films will probably end up will probably end up or are or are already on streaming services. We're having a horror. Renaissance, and among all those films, Barbarian is by far the most interesting film because this is a film that, as we've explained, it's totally out out of left field, and the story behind the film getting made is even crazier because Zach Krager had this script floating around for two years. He got a call out of a blue. From a producer who who he didn't even know, who was the producer behind it? Mm, I love that guy. Who who basically was like, "Hey, I love this script. How much would it cost?" And he's like, "Probably around four to five million. He's Like, all right, let's do it. And they go to and and by the way, this is filmed in Bulgaria. They. They go to Bulgaria to film this. On the night before this was to start, the person financing the film dies. Uh, the uh, the producer then sets up a call with executives at Disney and Fox. Because, by the way, this is a 20th Century Studios movie, so it's technically under the Disney banner, which is wild to think about. It's kind of crazy uh, to think about uh, and they basically have have a Zoom call with them. They love it. They they make the movie. This movie basically goes through only one major cu- cut change after test all audiences, and we see this. Like, like it is. It is one of the most unique horror films that also talks about a lot of things without beating you over the head with them at all. Like, 
like plenty of horror films are like can be very focused on one theme and like touch on it so much and pseudo beat you over the head with it which which will drive people off but like this is like touching on a bunch of things and it still leaves stuff for you to grab at and so i would say give give barbarian a shot like it it is it's only like it's only like a hundred minutes it's not that long it's it's something that is both humorous and scary and will make you think some and and you know there's worse things you could do you could watch hubie halloween or anchorman 2 or some horrific netflix original film instead of instead you can just watch barbarian so dylan yeah. the floor is yours your uh, thoughts and everything anything you want to sprinkle in before i give my uh my rating i don't have as much praise as christian did but i don't think it's a bad film i said it before i think it's a 6.5 so it's definitely kyle and i always say if it's a six or higher that's us telling you to try it to watch it i think it's common sense because if you're rating something on a scale of one to ten if you give it a six that's better than half you know if it's anything lower than six that's kind of like mid or worse than mid um it's a decent film i i do agree with christian in the sense of where it's definitely out there there's a lot of weird turns and it makes you think um so yeah i like that uh, oh, uh, oh, uh i am a seven out of ten there it is so I'm looking real quick right here just to see if there's anything that would be very funny. There's not. Uh, actually, uh, there is. Uh, I'll football related. Kyle Derrick Henry just cut a pass from Tannehill and ran like 40 yards. I love it. Here we go. This Packer seems a disaster. Some, some acoustic cinematic music for my review. I like Georgina Campbell. I'd like to see her in more things going forward. Um,. Her performance is a massive part of my score. Um, but as for this movie, not my cup of tea. Never will be my cup of tea. I'm glad you both enjoyed it. <laughs> uh, I'm glad I'm glad I had Andor today to cleanse my palate a bit from the the, the partakings of the hour and 45 minutes I was robbed of last night. <laughs> Jesus. I will Learn say, I will say, my score was elevated after a few of the arguments Christian made tonight. But not by much, but it was Fair. elevated. Fair. Um, Kyle, I'm sorry. Derek Kennedy just threw a touchdown pass. Okay. <laughs> See, I'd rather watch that than Barbarian again. Again, fair. Fair. It's a running back throwing a touchdown pass. Sorry to cut you off, Kyle. I had to. So, with that being said, uh, shout out Georgina Campbell. Uh, Bill Skarsgård for the 40 minutes he was involved, I thought was decent. Justin Long just makes me laugh and uh, just attributed to more laughter in a horror type movie. This is this is history, everybody, because in the year of our Lord 2022, this is the lowest score anybody who has hosted an episode 
of this podcast has given any project. It will... Don't know, because I haven't done the quick math yet. It could make it the lowest rated project of the year. Granted, this is on a basis of a scale of three rather than t- traditional two. Uh, but we will have more three-scaled scores going forward. But I have rambled long enough. Let me dim the music here. And let me and and let me cock the shotgun. Okay, go ahead. Uh, this gets a 5.1 out of 10. Okay. Uh, I will let you pass for that. I initially going into tonight was ready to give this thing a, like a four six. Kyle, to be fair, that's, that's honestly a good score for you for not liking it because I yeah, feel, I feel like most horror films. If you if you were to take like a hundred horror films, I feel like most of them I would rate between four and seven anyway, and only a couple would be over seven because most suck. So five's fine. And like yeah. I mentioned, Georgina Campbell's performance probably attributes for four out of the five point one. See, see, I was scared you were to like three, and I was ready to throw hands. If we if recorded we this last threes. night, it would have been in the threes. Yeah, it, 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 I slept it, on it. Um, it got elevated into like the four six range. I allowed you the floor, and you brought it up. Brought up some good points, so it gets a five one out of ten from me, which is historically the lowest rated score. I have given a project this year. Uh, this is Christian's first official in the books score, uh, which he will have more going forward. Dylan oh, six yeah. five is not your lowest score of the year. Your lowest score of the year was last week for Don't Worry Darling, uh, which was a flat six out of ten. The Gray Man got a six point two. This is your oh. highest rated movie score so far. Gray Man six point two. What the fuck are you guys smoking? Ugh. That was Dylan's individual score. Bro, come on. <laughs> I gave it. I gave it. I gave it to Kyle too. I thought right. Yeah, I like the Gray Man. Not like that. It was great, <sighs> but like it was like it was cool. Uh, <laughs> You gotta realize, Christian, we, we review a lot of stuff. Half the stuff I review, I end up changing my mind like a week later. It just is, is what it is. So, the quick math of the trio of scores. 5.1 plus a 6.5 plus... 7. A 7 is an 18.6 divided Six. by 3. It's a 6.2 out of 10. Could have been worse, to be honest. Which is the lowest score. But granted, like we said, that is out of a three-scored scale. Uh, I thought we would have ended up lower, to be honest. So, all right, I'll take it. (laughs) 6.2 out of 10 is the score for Barbarian. Um, And we spent about 50 minutes on this. (laughs) Okay. Which I think was ideal. (laughs) Didn't... Didn't I say like I I am prepared for for an hour's worth of barbarian talk last night? You did. <laughs> you were on cue. Uh, but now, without any further ado, it is time for everybody's favorite segment. It is 
is the streaming platform multiverse news and notes brought to you by the homies over at pickup you guys can go to playpickup.com start playing the hottest headlines in sports rack up fan uh points on your fan profiles cash them in for prizes on the pickup marketplace that's playpickup.com may i start go for it so this 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 isn't technically news as much as it is rumors but zach Kreger who uh, directed Barbarian and wrote Barbarian. Uh, so he's had a Batman-adjacent script written and in the chamber for a long time, which he which he openly said on a podcast I listened to, which I shall not name because, Kyle, no free ads. Um, but uh, Respect that. He, he was basically like, I don't think they'll ever let me do this, but he really wants to meet with James Gunn about it. And you know, see if if there's anybody that would be open to like Batman any, adjacent. Like if there's anybody I think that's open to any like creativity in terms of the DCU now, and now that he's in charge, it's James Gunn. Yeah. Um, this one will tug at the heartstrings a little bit, I think, for all of us. Uh, after after 25 years, Ash Ketchum is officially a world champion. Woohoo! He finally did it. 25 years of being a 10-year-old. <laughs> what a life. Hunter, Shani, thank you for finally winning. <laughs> I thought you were going another direction with recent events. saying We will get there. Because um, I'm not ready for that. We were correct, Dylan, that uh, Disney Plus Italy did leak the Grogu short film from Studio Ghibli. It is out now on Disney Plus. Uh, it's like Grogu and Friends. <laughs> Those dang Italians. Uh, that is available now. It did release on the anniversary of The Mandalorian, which is pretty cool. Um, but as Dylan said, not ready for it. Sadly, unexpectedly, uh, the man, the myth, the vengeance, Kevin Conroy, has passed away at age 66. Anyway, Most... I, text... I was the first person I texted. I, I was like... literally, you texted me, I was literally walking out of. Uh, big meeting that you knew about, uh, and I was like, "What the f-? like?" I was so caught off guard. I was like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Because his Kyle's reaction was one of like, "We talking about?" <laughs> like, I was, I was for everybody at home. I was in a big uh, business meeting for our company, trying to mm. land a a big fish sponsor, um, <laughs> which things went well. Luckily, we'll keep you updated if it does go through. Um, and Dylan texts me, "Man, Kevin Conroy passed away." I was like, "What the fuck?" Um, very sad like that's childhood right there batman the animated series obviously uh resonates with many a generation um and gone far far too soon very similar to uh chadwick boseman he was battling cancer didn't really tell anybody um but at the age of 66 we've lost kevin conroy sucks dude he is that's when i think of batman I know, I, as much as I like Christian Bale and like Rob Patz, I hear his voice. I think I think I speak the truth for anybody who likes Batman. I think we all hear Kevin Conroy's voice when you think of Batman. Yeah, I it, feel it, like that's the argument everyone makes too. It's like, so who's your Batman? And everyone's like, well, obviously Kevin Conroy, but yeah. And then you go into your live action Batman. Yeah, it's 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 a very interesting thing when it comes to having all all of the anime and stuff because it's so tied to the voice be because be because similarly i i'm like mark hamill's joker is my favorite joker voice by a wide 
margin, but I love the Heath Ledger Joker look. Mm-hmm. So it's it's I feel like Batman has a similar die dynamic where where it's like Kevin Conroy was the Batman voice was be big because his voice also gave off a stoic pre- presence that that sh- that showed past even showed past even the uh, the anime drawings that were on screen like his 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 voice went further than than that none of the other batman really have that stoic tough stoic tough voice but they have a bunch of the other pieces mm-hmm. so 100% agree uh gone far too soon pour one out for vengeance kevin conroy uh Spoiler alert here. Spoiler. Um, according to Tony Gilroy on Kino Loy, this comes from the Hollywood Reporter. Uh, quote: He's not dead. Is he dead? I don't see him dying. Andy Circus lives. <laughs> I told you. I said that. Then I kind of said so we didn't see him die. Yep. Oh, uh, we still know. He's somewhere over the rainbow, way up high. He's just chilling. Uh, this will be very exciting for Dylan, and I'm not sure if it will be, but I assume it will be for you, Christian. Uh, the Suicide Squad. Obviously, we loved Peacemaker. Uh, Sylvester Stallone confirms to comicbook.com that he will return as the voice of King Shark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, for sure. James has been very generous. He and I are pretty tight. Pretty tight, yeah. You want to ring the bell? Uh, just like King King, King Shark, was, Shark was so it was so lovable and fun. Hey, hey, hey. Oh. opportunity for Stallone. It's just like the same how Vin Diesel is uh, is Groot. Like yeah. easy easy money in both those guys, you know, piggy banks, and it's he, cool he, franchises to be part of. So King yeah. King totally. King Shark is like. Lovable, dumb though. Groot is. I am big tree. I, I, I beat the piss out of you. Yeah, but King, I, King. Like, just the voice. I'm saying from an acting perspective, they're not. They're not doing much. Like in terms yeah. of like they're yeah. like saying several sentences. I mean, they have to still act. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're not doing the mocap for either. Either. So. Uh, I don't know how you guys are gonna feel about this one. I honestly forgot this was a thing. Uh, but it's no longer a thing, according to Vanity Fair. Margot Robbie says her Pirates of the Caribbean movie is no longer happening. And and I don't really care, but speaking of Pirates of the Caribbean movies, uh well no well no sorry, not uh, well yeah, kind kind it's kind of it's kind of adjacent. The budget for Fast and the Furious 10 has ballooned up to 340 million, which uh, which uh which is only three movies that have a listed budget higher. Number 1, which I still don't comprehend how it costs this much. Three hundred seventy-nine million for Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides. Three hundred sixty-five million for Avengers: Age of Ultron, and three hundred fifty-six million for Avengers: Endgame. Wow. Speaking and, of and speaking fast comic 10. book movies, uh, Dylan, I know you haven't seen Wakanda Forever yet because I would assume you would blow up my phone when it happened. I saw um, it the day before it came out. Ha ha! Jokes on you. <laughs> 
I have seen it, but this is a no-spoiler thing, so Dylan, you can remove this from the rankings. Uh, I'm going to have you guys rank these uh, 2022 comic book films. This comes from Culture Crave. I have not seen Black Adam. Have you seen Black Adam, Christian? Let me put it like this. I watched the last 20 minutes, and that's all I needed to know. <laughs> Got it. Uh, so I'll be removing Black Adam from my rankings. Dylan will be removing whatever you haven't seen. Uh, so the movies are Wakanda Forever, Black Adam, Thor Love and Thunder, uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, and The Batman. I suck. I haven't seen three of those. <laughs> Uh, my rankings will go like this. Wakanda Forever. The Batman. Doctor Strange. Thor Love and Thunder. Uh, so... Batman for me, and then Thor, uh, Doctor Strange. I haven't seen Wakanda, I haven't seen Thor, and I haven't seen Black Adam. Okay, so for me it's... Batman number one by a gigantic margin. Black uh, Black Panther, Doctor Strange, Thor, Black uh, Thor Black Black Adam, and then a million feet under Black Adam, Morbius. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! Um... <laughs> as as much as I love Matt Smith. Nope. I love Matt Smith in that. Matt, Matt, yeah. <laughs> um, this comes from Collider Frosty. Uh, Tasty. Who is the editor-in-chief of Collider.com. Uh, Stranger Things Season 5 won't release until 2024 at the earliest. You don't say. That's kind of been the expectation for Season 5. They just meanwhile, started writing the script in August. Uh, meanwhile, we... Meanwhile, while Netflix is dealing with that, HBO Max will be cooking next year, baby. Cooking. Last of Us, which we will be covering on here a bunch, yes. I assume. 100%. Yeah, we're we big will, Pedro Pascal boys on this show. We will have the show Kyle still has to start, but is the best show on TV in succession. That'll be back, and that'll run through the Emmys. We should be getting the boys as well. Oh, yeah. Boys, let's get it. Be be that should be coming out. No, it'll the boys will come out probably after the Emmy deadline in early June, uh, early June, late May. Because technically, and this is and this is um, unfortunate, but they weren't el- they weren't eligible for this past Emmy Emmys because the the show, the show literally dropped a week after the Emmy deadline. So that's going to be more of a summer thing, but that'll be on a- Amazon. And it's just, there's going to be so many good shows. Like, 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 like next year's going to be a golden year in TV and movies. Like it's going to be perfect. Stupendous. Wonderful. More from Collider, uh, producer for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Nate Moore reveals there is a director's cut. It's which the alleged rumor is that Doom. Uh, Dr. Doom was supposed to be in the movie and he is Riri Williams professor which is interesting and so I I heard someone talk about this on a podcast and so this is basically uh, so they had a pretty notable actor uh, 
show up on that drilling rig that was attacked. That's shown in that's shown in the trailer. So shrug, yes, hi. Uh, and it's kind of a big name actor to have be in such a, like a one scene role. So there was a theory that uh, that person wasn't working for the U.S. government. That person was working for potentially Doom, and that they would have shown shown up in a post post credit scene. Mm-hmm. So you know, Which, I'm fine. Like this, this doesn't ruin the movie for Dylan yeah, we, whatsoever. I'm fine that. Doom is not. In. I can't hear now. You're good. Speak your mind. Uh, but I see, yeah, it's 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 kind of like this. This movie didn't need Doom. Uh, I was kind of annoyed that 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 there was just Black Panther will return. Like I that that kind of tilted me. That that kind of tilt that that kind of tilted me. How there was just like no actual end credit scene, just the mid credit scene. That kind of that kind of tilted me. I was okay with it. Uh, but yeah. I don't want to spoil anything else for Dylan because I know he's going to go to the theater to see it. So go yeah, see Black, Pan- yeah. Black Panther Wakanda Forever because we'll be talking about it once Dylan sees it. Uh, but speaking of which, one of my uh, favorite favorite boys uh, just got cast in a new movie, A Quiet Place Day 1, according to Deadline. Joining Lupita Nyong'o will be Joseph Quinn, a.k.a. Eddie Munson. Let's ride. For the brand thing. He's up there. I love both of them. Of I'm so excited. So excited. Uh, Peter Nyong'o continually underrated. Yes, 100%. Uh, I'm going to make all of us feel old because we weren't. none of us were born when this uh, debuted. Uh, this came out on November 16th. 32 years ago this week, Home Alone. You sick man, you. You sick man, you. Make me feel all this shit. Which, what, Kyle, so... Home, Home Alone's quite a interesting film, if you think about it, because you not only have, like... You... It's... It is written by John Hughes, but it's not directed by John Hughes. The main Hughes. character of that film is a serial killer in training. It, 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 is, it is directed by a guy named Christopher Columbus, oh. who most famously directed films. Uh, I thought you were going to say who most famously did not sail the ocean blue. <laughs> in 1392. Uh, he also directed... Miss Doubtfire and the first two Harry Potter films and the first failed Percy Jackson film. And this has a cast where you're like, oh, wait, these people, where, 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 where's like Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern? Iconic. You, uh, you have Catherine O'Hara, Devin, uh, Devin Rattray, and lest we forget, a, a one scene showing up. Of Kieran Culkin as Fuller. Yeah. Ready to feel older, boys. Uh, One year prior to Home Alone being released, on the same exact day, 33 years ago yesterday, uh, or I should say on the 16th of November, uh, The Little Mermaid was released. God damn. To be honest, never watched it. That's a childhood staple. See, see... 
See, Kelly, here's the thing. I wasn't raised on the Little Mermaid and Lion King. I was raised on the... I was raised on the... I was raised on the Aristocats. Ichabod and Mr. Toad. I was not raised on. I was not raised on many of the Disney classics. And to be honest, you're going to shoot me for saying this, and I know I still have to watch it. Haven't watched The Lion King. You're not alone, my brother-in-law, Dylan. I think I've told you this before. Matt has never watched The Lion King. And let let me let 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 me be totally clear. I plan on watching Lion King by year's end. It's go. just it 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 is just a movie that that's like I I've seen bits and scenes I've I've sung song I've sung songs from it's just I haven't watched the movie. We we will have through. Christian's Lion King <laughs> review by year's end on this podcast. Kyle Kyle, listen, it's a guaranteed five out of five. Like it's it's a guaranteed perfect score. They're they're adapting Hamlet. It's catchy songs. You know, like there's it's, no worries. Yeah, hey. Oh my. Just, just, just on Lion King note. Uh, this is probably the most uh, uh, all-time box, all-time box office. Where do you think the live-action Lion King stands in all-time box office? Group? Isn't it top ten? It's isn't, isn't eighth, it which is depressing yeah. as hell. We talked about this a few months ago, and both Dylan and I were surprised. Like, 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 let me read you off the top 11, which, like, and I say 11 specifically for a reason. Number one's Avatar, two, Avengers Endgame, three, Titanic, four, The Force Awakens, five, Infinity War, six, No Way Home, seven, Jurassic World, Eight live action Lion King, which people deserve to be shot for going to see that. Um, well, not- I can't blame them for going initially because the sure. the cast was absurd. Sure, but Kyle, we are talking about the to the two hundred percent one point six four seven billion dollars, sir, ma'am. Uh, number nine, The Avengers. Number ten, Furious Seven. Number eleven, Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, and but like it's it is literally like littered with like James Cameron, and that's just Star Wars and Marvel, and you're like, okay, okay, here and it's and the Lion King. Uh, Christian sent me this earlier today, Dylan. I don't know if you saw this, but I'm sure you're going to be thrilled. Uh, the next project in the storied career of Quentin Tarantino is an eight episode limited series that filming begins in 2023 which we have no clue what it is but we don't care I don't, care. I don't know what it is uh, but our good friend Mike Horowitz who was an executive producer on Disney Plus's Turner and Hooch uh, reboot series was also part of the final season of Prison Break uh, just added to his Twitter bio last week we talked about this uh, that he is involved in a new HBO Max series. It's unnamed. Hmm. Just trying to link some things potentially. Don't know. I'm just curious about what our good friend Mike Horowitz is up to. This comes out today. It'd be pretty fucking cool if he's working with Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, I, I wouldn't put it past him because, like, 
Yes, Tarantino is a stickler for the theatrical experience, but he's making a limited series, and I'm pretty sure he wouldn't do it with net Netflix because he hates their guts. And like, yes, Warner and the acts of Zaslav has not become that popular among creatives. That being said, but Tarantino is a very much in tune with film history. He understands the power of it, and HBO Max, whether or not we like it, is still the best streaming service in terms of like original con- or original content. And so, if I had to put money on what it was going to be on, it would be HBO because they would also just allow him to be as violent as he as he wants to be. Yeah, the violent factor actually makes makes a good point. HBO probably that clicks off i think he's just doing it because he's done so many other things and he's a man who likes achieving yeah and 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 plus like in case you guys didn't know uh so you guys know once upon a time in hollywood right Mm -hmm, so he so he said during a a interview on a podcast i listened to that like he literally has a stage play version of he he literally has a stage play script for that that he wants to put on. So, I'm down so, with that. so he's basically like, I'm not going to make my movie yet. I'm going to go on Broadway. I'm going to make a limited series. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And then I'll eventually get to that movie. You know? <laughs> down with it. Uh, this, I saw this before we started recording. And I'm like very sure. excited about it. Amazon has officially ordered multiple Sony Marvel shows. And the first series is Silk Spider Society. Um, Wow. Angela Kang will serve as the showrunner with (laughs) Phil Lord and Chris Miller, executive producing the series. Lord and Miller. It'll release on both MGM Plus and Amazon Prime. MGM Plus. Don't know what that is. Don't care. Amazon Prime is all that matters. But I'm excited for more Spider-Verse. And I'm excited for Lord and Miller. Because so. Lord and Miller have been behind so many of like the, so many of the, uh, so many of the popular, uh, so, so many of the popular and animated films of the past while be be because they were behind you know what Lego Movie, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, Twenty One Jump Street, Spider Verse, uh, and and of course. And of course, the upcoming Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, which is one of my most anticipated movies of next year. But then again, that's another podcast episode for at the end of December, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, last thing I have, uh, Bradley Cooper will play Frank Bullitt yeah, in that. Steven Spielberg's next <laughs> film. It's an original idea based on the character that comes via Deadline. Yeah, so... Uh, in case you guys don't know, there's a Steve McQueen movie called Bullet, where he's basically Steve One of the car chases my guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's but aside from that car chase, it's a very boring police procedural about a detective trying to figure out who killed this person, and so I still, I still call it a classic though for the car yeah, chase. Yeah, yeah. It's it's it it's a classic because of the car chase, but. The story itself doesn't do much for me. It's like probably, not probably. It's definitely a top five car chase in cinema history. Yeah, but like, book it. 
when 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 you take out the car chase, like it's just a perfectly a- average film. Oh yeah, yeah. So 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 it's like okay, Spielberg's doing a movie with Bradley Cooper about a Steve McQueen character. I'm like, there's a lot of layers to this. It won't be bad, but who knows? But hey, uh, Spe- Sp- S- Steve, listen, I know you're enjoying doing this stuff, but uh. I know you bought the rights to Ready Player Two, so can you just do that already for me, please, Chief? Thanks. Bye. Okay. Like, on oh, ha- where do you guys stand on Ready Ready Player One? Uh, it's still in my watch queue. Dylan, like a seven out of ten. Okay, okay. Go be be because I'm friends with people who absolutely hate him. Like, this isn't a bad movie at all. Like, like, like it 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 is like cocaineified pop cult pop cult culture but it's like that done right because yeah, it's, it's like it's, it's made to have a lot of references it's the like, metaverse guys you're not <laughs> wrong essentially <laughs> it's the metaverse everybody uh, oh what a time uh but that's all we got for you guys on this episode uh, hopefully you enjoyed it next week should be the long-awaited review of the card counter on hbo max starring we decided on that <laughs> should be that's uh why you gotta follow us on the socials uh just to stay put uh but it should be the card counter i think we we've waited long enough especially dylan and I. we've talked about this <laughs> since i got a youtube ad about it uh back in the spring uh and that was like the only advertising i saw about it and it stars daddy oscar isaac Tiffany Haddish and Willem Dafoe. Count me Great in. Ass, bro. Crazy, crazy top three billing actors. Um, so that'll be on the docket next week. The Andor season one finale. And uh, then the following week, we'll have our Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special review uh, because that comes out on Black Friday. We're going to record earlier in the week because holidays. Um, so make sure you guys follow us on Twitter for however much longer it exists uh, at streamer SZN at underground PHI follow Christian at the whiz underscore PHI follow Dylan at Dylan Mazzola follow me at KBIZZL311 subscribe to the podcast feed Apple podcast Spotify leave those five star ratings and reviews on what to watch next Leave us those recs, shows, movies. Let us know in the podcast reviews and let us know in the YouTube comment section as well. YouTube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. Smash that like button. Ring the bell icon. Comment down below your thoughts on everything we discussed on this episode of the pod. And like Dylan said, leave those recommendations there as well. Shout out to our sponsors who made this episode and all of our episodes happen. Kenwood Beer, Pickup. And our merch partners, PHI Apparel Company, which you guys are the first ones to know. Our merch is live. Streamer season gets that that exclusive. Uh, use code underground at phiapparel.co for 10% off your order. <laughs> Black Friday, Cyber Monday, right around the corner. Get your merch for the holidays. Uh, but this has been a riveting episode of Streamer Season. The exclusive streaming platform, TV and movie podcast on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. For Christian, for Dylan, I'm KB. Till next week, we're going to go to a galaxy far, far away and avoid the long titty 
uh, giant zombie mommies. Uh, but until then, see ya! <laughs>